All right, today, I believe I have a word. Uh, actually, what's going on with, um, first I did the committed son. That was supposed to be one message. And then now I had a committed son too. Mm. Now guess what? I have a committed son three. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it for the committed son <laughs> series. I wasn't planning on a series, but this is how it unfolded. I gave this a title, The Committed Son Part 3. All right, so actually, there's going to be more reading than I planned to give a background, but I'll read anyway because when, we, when I go through the message, it would be in terms of we have the right context. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to talk about, it's, um, I'm going to look more from the angle of Jesus because I'm talking about the committed son. Mm-hmm. Okay? One, committed son one and two is also looking, from the pers- from Jesus, looking at Jesus himself. Because when mm-hmm. I was doing this, this study... I see things in Christ. Because the Bible said, in Christ is hidden all wisdom and knowledge of God. See, if you want to know God, you've got to know Christ. Mm-hmm. So I'm, as, look, I'm, as I'm looking at things from his perspective, I am seeing his mindset. I'm seeing his heart. I'm seeing how the Father is moving through him. Okay, so I'm going to read, we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 4. Verses 3, and it ends at 35, but we'll go through it real fast. Well, I might skip here and there, but I have to read the whole context. Okay? So this is uh, Jesus and his disciples. Uh, They're in Judea. And in verse 3 it says, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who have gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman said, answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. 
The woman said, said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in tr and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I know this is one of the few people Jesus ever acknowledged that he was Messiah. And at this point his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the, out to, of the city and they came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say that there are four months and then comes a harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Okay, so that is as much as I'm going to read. And um, <clears throat> what I wanted to, to touch on is, um, and, and my, my main scripture for this is actually, Verses uh, 34 and 35. Okay? Verses 34 and 35. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. But do you not say that there are still four months and then comes a harvest? I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. Judas, Jesus was in Judea, which is located in the southernmost part of Israel. And it was intended to go to Galilee because the, the Pharisees started to act up and he said, we're going to go north. Now, Galilee was about 85 miles to the north of Judea. To get to Galilee, one usually had to pass through Samar Samaritan territory. The path Jesus and the disciples took went through the heart of Samaria because Sychar, if you look at the map, Sychar is more near central Samaria. In that region. I don't know if this was the, the way the typical Jew would take to get to the northern region because there was another road which was at the outskirts. So there was a road that was outside near the outskirts of Samaria, bypassing most of the cities and towns. And from research, it, it said that uh, Pharisees, people like Pharisees, and so they would take that road. So they tried to avoid as much interaction with the Samaritans as possible. So, 
And the reason why this happened with the, the issue with the Samaritans and the Jews, we'll go back to history. If you go in 2 Kings 17.24, you can read the account. When the northern kingdom and the capital Samaria fell to the Assyrians, you know why that happened, because the children of Israel were rebellious. So God brought the Assyrians in to what? To chastise them. Right? So what happened? Many of the Jews were moved to Assyria. They were taken and displaced. Okay? And the foreigners, the Assyrians, brought in to the land where the Jews were to occupy it to keep the peace. Because what happened? You have the, the Assyrians occupying that area, that land in, in that region. They displaced the Jews, but to keep the peace, they brought in their own people to make sure everything stays calm because they, they are now occupants of that and in charge and rule of that region. All right? And there, of course, was intermarriage between the remaining Jews and the foreigners, which resulted in a mixed race. Impure in the opinion of the other Jews. So the mix, the mixture of the Jews and the Samaritan, as far as the other Jews were concerned, these people were garbage. Okay? So the pure Jews hated this mixed race, which was called Samaritans. Okay? So that's why the Jews, those who were considered pure, hated the Samaritans. They wouldn't have anything to do with this mixed race people. So Jesus was at Jacob's well in Sychar at noon resting. He just arrived and the Samaritan woman came to draw water. From the commentary while I was researching this, it was stated that twice a day women came to the well to draw water. They will come in the morning and they will come in the evening. Noontime is usually the hottest time of the day. They don't usually come in the hottest time of the day. But this woman came at the hottest time of the day. And I believe this woman came at noon probably to avoid the others who knew her reputation. Of course, she had five husbands and she's probably shacked up with another guy who is not a husband. So, you know, those of, they won't have nothing to do with her. All right? Because she's beneath them. Five husbands and you're probably shacked up with another guy. We don't really yeah. want to associate with you. So, I believe that's what she did because from the commentary it says, People usually will come in the morning and in the evening when it's not as hot. So she is probably, this woman was probably looked down in the community. As I said, she had five husbands. Five husbands. And uh, her type were probably not in high regard in Saika. I said her type. So there were others like her. All right. So we knew there were others that she associated with because when she left the, the well to go and tell people about the Christ, she don't go to the well-respected people. She go to people she associates, she hangs with, people she, she associates with. That's, that's probably the, those who are considered, considered to be the dregs, or not dregs, but lower class people. Okay? Alright, so, Jesus was alone at the well with the Samaritan woman. He starts up a conversation. Now watch how Jesus approaches this whole thing. Well, I read it and I'm like, oh my Lord, it's, it's Lord, you're awesome. He's sitting, he's, at, okay, to get to the Northern Territory is about 85 miles. So he was like almost three quarters of the way. So he, he got there, you're tired because 
They're not taking a car. They're not taking Uber. They're walking. They are walking. Mm-hmm. All right. So he got there and he's, he's sitting at the well. The woman comes and he starts a conversation. He starts a conversation with her. Now the Jews avoided the Samaritans, as we said, much less spoke to them. But Jesus knew about this woman. And, uh, but the thing about it, he was not concerned about her reputation or his reputation. Because, you know, he's a, he's a rabbi, he's a, he's a Jew. He knows about her. No, typically the Jews won't even stop to talk to, to a Samaritan man, much less a woman. Okay? <clears throat> and she was, what was interesting, he was unlike other Jews she may have encountered. Because he actually stopped and started a conversation with her. Okay? Because that's why she asked in verse 9, she said, How was it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with the Samaritan. So she's probably thinking, What's up with you? What's up with this guy? You guys don't talk to us, but you're talking to me? You know, it, it, you look at his mindset, right? There's racism. But he's talking to a mixed race woman. So she's like, okay, you're talking to me. Okay, you guys don't deal with us, but you're talking to me. I'm looking at the mind of God. As we go, you will see. You will see. Jesus, his answer to her was no answer. Because she, look what she asked. She said, how come you a Jew ask me for a drink? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. You know what we we probably say? We probably say, look, don't worry about it. We we're not racist. <laughs> okay. We we but he didn't even go there. He just went on to the what the next thing. And if you read that he he's um in verse what verse was that? Let me see here. In verse ten. Okay. He said if you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks, says to you, give me a drink, he, you, uh, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He's already, he's already on to what? Yeah. So he's asking. He didn't really answer a question. Right. He just made another statement mm-hmm. to stimulate her mind mm-hmm. and get her curiosity even more piqued. Right? So with that, I believe there was one objective. His response was in focus on his purpose. He was not distracted with she's a mixed race woman. He's not distracted but she had five husbands and she's shacking up with some other guy. That's, he is, he has not even, that's not even in his mind. He's beyond that. Okay? His purpose. His subsequent conversation with this woman was to achieve one main objective. And what was that? It was to bring the gospel to the Samaritans. That's why he went. His purpose was to bring the gospel to the Samaritans. The woman was a catalyst. And I define catalyst. It is a personal thing that precipitates an event. It's something that gets an event moving. Okay? Something that gets an event moving. or, Or starts it. The disciples were unaware of why they were in Sychar. The disciples were with him. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. Samaria. But they have no clue why he was making the stop in Samaria. He didn't, he didn't give them the details. 
They just went with him. Okay? And, and this is how we know it. Because what happened is when they stopped at the city, the disciples went to get food, which is, which is normal. You just made, a, made a, maybe a 60-mile trek or whatever it is. You're tired. So they went to get food, which is probably what they do. They're hungry. They're going to get buy food. They probably went into the city because they were at Jacob's well. They went to buy food to bring stuff for him to eat and drink. And if you go in John, let's go back to John uh, 4, 27-35. And let me just read this real quick. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. He marveled that they talked, that he talked with a woman. Okay? Yet no one asked, said to him, what do you seek? No one even bothered to ask her, what do you want? What do you want, woman? And then to say to him, why are you talking with her, Jesus? They kept their mouth shut. They're thinking it, but they kept their mouth shut. Because they know he probably tell them something that they probably won't like. Mm. Right? But keep going. The woman, verse 28. She left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this, ever, could this be the Christ? Then they, they, then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. And then he made the statement, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? My food, as Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look at the fields, for they are already white to harvest. Okay, what's going on? Jesus is talking spirit, they're talking natural. He has already set the wheels in motion for the harvest. Because he says... Don't you say that it's four months, then the harvest? Mm-hmm. So four months, and then it's time to go harvest. Mm-hmm. The crop's ready. Jesus said, no. The time to harvest is now. The field is white now. Mm-hmm. He went, and he, what did he do? He already put in a sickle. The woman was a sickle. Mm-hmm. And he sent her, and she's going to bring mm-hmm. the rest. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because if we continue reading, he was there two more days. They urged him. They asked him to stay two more days. So he was there preaching and ministering to them. It takes one. Impact one, and you can affect a whole family. Impact one, and who knows? You see, we're always, we're always thinking of trying to do the big thing. But sometimes God wants us just to do that one thing. Alright. <clears throat> Let me don't get ahead of myself. If you see the difference in focus, how committed Jesus was to the will of the Father. In his conversation with that woman and disciples, he was never distracted with his purpose. Never, ever distracted with his purpose. He was there to reach that woman. And you know, something, uh, something my wife said. Who knows what that woman was praying about her life? In, in the commentary, some of them seem to think that um, that Jesus went to the site, he stopped in Sychar because normally that's the, the way that the Jews will go. And he just met this woman at the well. No, 
There are no coincidences in God. There are no coincidences in God. I believe Jesus got to that well because he knew he had an appointment with that woman at the well. There are no coincidences in God. There's always an intent and purpose for God. When things happen in our life, it's not an accident. It's not an accident. There are no oops in God. You know, some people say, oh, I didn't mean to have this child. No, you didn't. No. You may not have meant it, but God had a purpose for you having this child. Oh, I didn't mean to go to this job. Really? You might have. But then God had a purpose. Because, and something I said to, um, something I said to, to, to someone. I said, things, there's always a learning opportunity. It's how you look at your circumstance. There is always a learning opportunity. Whether things go great or go bad, there is always an opportunity to learn. The question is, how do you, what is, how do you look at your, the, the, the circumstance that you're going through? Because it goes, something's going great, it says it shows God's faithfulness. Something's going bad, it still will show you God's faithfulness. It's how you look at it. Because we are being shaped in the image of Christ. So if things are going contrary to what your plan is, there's always an opportunity to learn. Always. It's how you look at it. You know? And how you look. And you all know this. But anyhow, after Jesus revealed to the woman that he was the Messiah, she left. And she went and she started talking to her friends. Come see a man who said, who says all these things about me. Jesus did nothing outside the Father's will. As he stated in verse 34, if you go to verse 34, he said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's my, that's my reason. That's my meal. That's, what, what, that's my reason for living. It's to do the will of him who sent me. I believe I was sent, he was sent to meet this, to, he had an appointment with this woman at the well. To not only affect her life, but to affect the life of, of people in Sychar. Okay? I do not believe that he just happened to be at the well around the time the Samaritan woman came to the well. God had a plan for the Samaritans in that region. And the Samaritan woman was part of the plan to evangelize the region. So God had a plan for the Samaritans in that region. And the Samaritan woman was key to that plan. He knew he had an appointment. She didn't know her life was going to impact, be impacted that day. Just like when you meet people. Sometimes you don't know. You listen to people. Especially people that you know a little bit over time. Like at your work and wherever. That you have some type of relationship with. And you hear them say things about. Hear things, them say things about you. It's like. They're talking about me. They say wow. John is, John is cool. You know John is. You know he doesn't like fly off the handle. I could talk to him. I give you all the glory. Because that's what the Bible says. We are living epistles. People want to see Christ. They're going to see it in us. You know, as Jonathan and Rachel just said, we're growing up. We don't fly off the handle that we used to. You know, Jeanette doesn't have that Puerto Rican attitude anymore. Rachel don't have that <laughs> Trinidadian thing. She, you know. No, be we all there. We all, we all go through stuff. But we see the Spirit of God working in us. 
But how do we get there? When you go to trial. When you come through, you have more compassion. You have more patience with people. You, have more, you, have more, you show mercy. This is the heart of God. Anyhow. So, Jesus was committed to the Father's will. In his conversation with the woman at the well, you see the Holy Spirit in operation. The gift of knowledge. Words of wisdom. You see them in operation. How focused he was by his responses to his disciples. They think in natural. He's thinking spirit. He's up here, they're here. They're talking about eating natural food. He said, you don't know what food I have to eat. My food is to do the will of him that sent me. My main focus is to, to meet this woman and impart the word of God to her so I could evangelize. He's not about the food. Um, this, account of, this account of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritans shows you that you have to be willing to obey the Spirit. So he tired. So you know he had to get to the well at noon. He knew that. Yeah. I don't care what the other accounts say. What people say. Because I know with God there is a purpose in everything. God, Look at David and Goliath. Do you think Goliath, David happened to show up at the time they come out and boast? No. God set it up. He set it up. There are no accidents in God. Even with Hannah, when she was sitting there praying over uh, um, in her breath, she wasn't saying anything. She was just praying and moving her mouth. Eli was there, the the, the um, priest saw her praying. But that was, But if you look at Hannah's heart when she was making that prayer, she was at the end of her rope, and that what that changed her life. There are no accidents. There's no accidents. All right, there are no accidents. I don't believe in, in, in coincidences. There are no coincidences in God. All right? So Jesus had an appointment with that woman, with that Samaritan woman. He didn't get there half hour before. He didn't get there half hour after. He got there and then she came. Perfect. All right? He did not allow himself to be distracted with the things that had nothing to do with his purpose. The woman at the well and the people in that city did not know that their lives would be impacted during that encounter with Jesus. Okay? We can miss impactful opportunities if we do not tune in to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us and, us, and allow our fear and prejudices to hinder or distract us. Alright? Because you look at, you know, when you're in a, in a group sometimes and you hear people talking about What's going on in the news today, for example, right? Look at what's in the news. Racism, politics. All these things are distracting you from the things you're supposed to be focused on. You get caught up in it, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. The mixed race thing, Jesus was... That's no clue. That has nothing to do with why his purpose. Because as far as I remember what the Bible says... Jesus said what? Anyone. Anyone. He didn't save the Jews. He said anyone who believes in me. Mm-hmm. Because it says God, God sends his son in the world. Not to condemn the world. But the world through him might be saved. Right? He came to save anyone who would believe. Anyone. There is no black, white, Jew, non-Jew. That's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. God doesn't care about that stuff. Because God doesn't look at the physical. Remember. This is body is going to be gone. 
When you take the body away, there is no color in the spirit. There's no white spirit. There's no black spirit. There's no Asian spirit. There's no mixed race spirit. That's irrelevant. Okay? God is a spirit and we are spirit beings. But we are so caught up in the natural that our focus is on, is on the wrong thing. Okay? Well, I'm not saying us, but I'm yeah. saying you understand, right? Many times we... When the Lord guides, the results and blessings are impactful and guaranteed. And what's happened, we, we try to do things, make things... Okay, you know the word say, we've got to make things happen. You've got to make things happen. You've got to do this, you do that. Do this program. Let's try that program. Let's do this, let's do that. Instead of saying, well, Lord, what do you want us to do? What should we do, Lord? Guide us. Tell us what to do. That's not the way the world does it. The world says... Try something. God doesn't say, God doesn't try. God is do. Because when God says to do, He already told you what you're going to do is going to work. He doesn't say, God doesn't say, well, let me try the salvation thing. Let me try sending my son to see if I can make a difference. Well, let me try sending the prophet to, 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 to warn the people. No, there's no try. There's no try in God. When God says, do it, it's, it's done. It's going to happen. So, we try to, we do things and we don't consult Him. Is that spending time with you in quiet, listening for what you want us to do? I try to do that every day, even during the day. Just have a, a sense of awareness of His presence. Listening at all times, so anytime He wants to speak. Trying to be spiritually available emotionally available to hear what he wants. Because sometimes it's not, he may not speak to you audibly. Sometimes you might get an impression. Even through someone. You know? It's just, uh, you get to a sense of awareness, of walking in, walking in his presence daily when you pursue it. I know you all know what I'm talking about. You know? And that is, that is the place you want to be. I want to be like Jesus when the Father speaks, that I, I move. I have the courage. And it takes courage. I have the courage to do it. I know when I hear, I know I heard Him. There's no like, well, I think I heard Him. I think that's... Well, I'm not sure. But when you spend time in His presence, you get to know Him. And you know when He speaks, you know it's Him. And that's just a beautiful place to be. I, I tell you. It's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> Oh my God, because you know that whatever it is He asks you to do, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Alright. Jesus was about doing the Father's will. He wasn't caught up in the racism or the social scorn of the Samaritan woman by the reactions of the disciples. Here are them. Number one, you're talking to a woman? A Samaritan woman? What does she want? And what are you doing talking to her, Jesus? No, he, he thank God I didn't say anything to him. But he that look at it, look at his mind. Look at his mind. When you look at people and you or you you hear people talking about, well, the white man or the black man or the all these Chinese people or the, all these Asian people, all these Indian people coming to take our jobs. What? Excuse me? I thought the God you serve can do anything. I thought the God we serve can provide our needs. What are we worrying about this rate? Who cares? 
There is nothing God cannot do. Why are you worrying about tripping over people's race? And that shows that you are totally ignorant. I'm amazed at some of these people who call themselves Christians. Who love the Lord. We love Jesus. We love the Lord. And they're racist. I don't get that. I don't get that. What kind of God? Which God are you serving? You don't really know the God of the Bible. Because these same people you're talking about, they're the same ones going to be sitting in the kingdom and you probably won't be sitting in the kingdom. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. You know? God don't like that mess. He don't like that stuff. He doesn't. I don't like that. Really. I don't like when people abuse. and I, I don't like that. I, that thing makes me feel dirty. When people are around me talking like that about other people. They're supposed to see the love. Feel the love of God. Experience it. You know, I work with Hindus. I work with Muslims. I work with Catholics. I work with atheists. But what are they supposed... When they meet me, what are they supposed to experience? They're supposed to experience something that they've never experienced before. I don't care what race. Jesus loves them. So God doesn't care about the petty things that people fight and quarrel about. He does not care. Or the divisions that come about for whatever reason. God don't trip on that stuff. He understands the spirit that's behind it. God knows the spirit that's behind that. He knows. And that spirit... And he came in the form of man. God came in the form of man, Jesus, to show us how to overcome the darkness. Because that spirit is darkness. That spirit is darkness. When people acting like that, the terrorists that bombing and killing people, that's a dark, they're walking in darkness. How could he do it? He's he's walking in darkness. How could he abuse little children? They're walking in darkness. How can you rape this? Walking in darkness. How can you murder people walking in darkness? How can you Bertie Madoff, Robert, walking in darkness? These rich Jewish guys who in Hollywood, why are they abusing walking in darkness? That's what they're walking in darkness. So the Son of God came to show us how to overcome the darkness. And not only did he come to show us, he came to pay the penalty for sin so that through him, we can be free of the darkness. Overcome the darkness. Okay? So in John three sixteen seventeen, it states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoso, whoever believes in him. Samaritan, Ethiopian, Jew, non-Jew, who cares? Whoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? Jesus was in such intimate fellowship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. And his commitment to the Father was absolute. So that no, other, no outside forces were able to deter him from doing the will of the Father. His commitment was absolute. He was never deterred by anything. That's why he could say, when the prince of this world has come, he has nothing in me. He can't accuse me of anything. Because I'm doing the Father's will. The same Spirit. You know, people say, well, that's Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. We can't live like that. 
That's an ignorant person saying that. Because we know that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same spirit abides in us. What we have to learn to do is submit to the spirit. Learn to listen and submit to the spirit. And then we will walk like Jesus walked. Why? Because we are in him. We are part of his body. So we are supposed to be able to do what he did. Right? So you know there is some work that has to be done in us. Because we are not there yet. But we are getting there. So that same spirit is shaping us into the image of Jesus himself. Only if we submit to him and the word of God. We have to seek Jesus. Get to know him. And the spirit will reveal him to those who pursue him. Oh my God. The Bible said lay hold of eternal life. The only way you're going to lay hold of something. You have to go after it. Right? You got to go after it. If you want to know how to bake something. You can't just sit there and it's going to come. You got to go after the skill. You got to go learn it. If you want a bachelor's degree, you got to go to school. You got to take the classes. You got to do the, write the papers. You got to take the exam. You got to go lay. That's how you lay hold of it. You have to pursue it. How do you pursue, How do you know that? How do you receive the king, things of the kingdom? You got to pursue it. <laughs> that's Jesus. Why Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." So you got to pursue, pursue, pursue. So when you pursue Him. What did Jesus say? If you love me, you obey my words. And I will love you. And my Father would love you. And we will come and abide with you. And I will reveal myself to you. Oh my God. That's what I want. That's what we all want. So if I want him to reveal himself to me, I have to obey his word. For me to obey the word, I got to read the word so I can know what the word says. And when I read the word, meditate on the word, study the word consistently, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to me because Christ now is being formed in me. That's where all the mysteries and the hidden things of God is, in Christ. So if I study the word, meditate, pray, fast, seek him, pursue him, I'm going to learn the mysteries of God will be revealed. And I will get to know the Son and know the Father. Glory to God. And I lay hold of my inheritance. It sounds simple, but it takes work. It takes sometimes, I want to stay in bed a little longer. Sometimes it takes getting up a little earlier. But it's consistent. Oh my God, you have to want Him. You have to want, want it, desire. Like I desired my wife. I pursued her relentlessly. I was there every day. I was carrying her books. I didn't want to walk under the umbrella, but I did it in the hot sun in Trinidad just to make her happy. Right? I pursued. Now she's my wife, married how many years? So many years, I forgot how many years it is. But if you want something, you, yeah, if you want something, you've got to pursue it. Okay? All right. Okay, in James 4 8, it says, Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. We say we want God. And the Bible says, how do you draw near to God? You got to pursue. So when you pursue Him, He comes to you. So Jesus pursued the Father. 
And we ought to pursue Jesus to be intimate with him, to know the Father. So, in conclusion, understand that there are a lot of things that we're going to be faced with in this world that's going to take, distract us, our time. You know, all the things you do, even going to work is a distraction. But there's a purpose for that. The purpose is that's God's way of supplying our need. Okay? The job is not the supply. Understand, the company is not your supply. The company is just, the job is just uh, in that moment in time for how many years or whatever. If it could be for two weeks or, or two years or 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's your provision for that time. Mm-hmm. Always understand, God could always move you to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And what I, you know, sometimes people say, I don't want to leave this job. I like this job. I hope I stay in this job until I retire. Mm-hmm. Really? Just say, Lord, I thank you for what I have. Whatever you desire to do is fine. For right now I'm here. I'm going to serve you. I'll do the best job I can to glorify your name. I'm not going to say, well, keep me. I don't want to serve. I'm staying here for the next. No. So why? Why? So what if I decide to move you? You're going to fight against me? No. I say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. So understand. As I said, we we face many challenges. Don't allow ourselves to be distracted. As Jesus was committed to the Father, we we also must be committed to Him. So I hope you received something this morning. I I believe the Lord gave it to, to us the way it needed to be given.